0: Welcome to the podcast of Local Community Church. Thank you for joining us. Hey, you're about to hear a recording from December 3rd, 2023, which was during one of our Sunday sessions where Derek gave an update on some things that are happening currently in the life of our church, but also some changes we'll be making coming into the new year 2024. We hope this recording catches you up to speed on anything you may have missed, but if you have any questions, you can email us at localcommunity.church. Awesome. Okay, so this morning, what I would like to do is a couple of things. One is uh, give you a bit of an update on our missions context. I want to start trying to do this at least once, maybe twice a year, just all the things that go on. um, Sometimes they just happen in the background and we forget about them. Um, and then I've also got some announcements for uh, next year that I just want to again give people a bit of a heads up on, so you can start thinking about that and praying about whether that's something you might get involved in. Um, just settle in, relax. This will take about twenty minutes. So I've told Kyle I'll be twenty minutes max. So um, we'll see how we go. Yeah, that's right. We're all right on right the money. When it comes to uh, the context of missions, when we planted the church. Um, you might remember if you were here, we actually used to call the church Be The Church, um, which was a funny name, but it was this reminder that church is a lot more than what we do on a Sunday like this. It's actually, you know, this is definitely a time where we can come together and we can worship and we can fix our eyes on the Lord, we can have this amazing worship time like we did. Um, but a lot of that, yes, is about our own journey, but it's also about equipping us for the call that we all have on our life honestly believe um, in the simplest way when you when you find Jesus there's two things your life is about one is getting to know him better and the other one is telling other people about him now in the detail of course that's a lot more complex but to me that's the crux of it and so you'll see still to this day we have a sign right at the top of our building that says church starts now and it's this reminder that hey everything we've done here it's not the end it's like let's take that out into the world. We're ambassadors for Christ. And so the context of mission in our church has always been really important. And we believe that God has placed you um, here in this town, um, in this generation, for some purpose. And it probably has to do with the people that are uniquely in your life, that you work with, in your family or school or whatever it might be. And, And we're just, you know, through our actions and our words, we believe that they're the people that you're meant to reach out to. And so, as we sort of built structure around that over the years, um, we felt that the Lord gave us a bit of an insight into this scripture, which, Joel, if you want to put that one up, the Acts chapter 1-8, which I'll just read. And it says, you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. That's a whole other topic, which we won't go into today, but it's important to realize that God is in you, and this equipping and this mission is about God in you, and just listening to that voice that guides you. And part of that is for you to be witnesses. And what Jesus was saying was Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, if you think about it, the people he was talking to, Jerusalem was their hometown. Like for us, that's Perth. Judea and Samaria was the area nearby. And we felt the Lord um, right at the start call us to the Kimberley as a neighboring area and reaching out um, to the indigenous communities there. And in the ends of the earth, up until now, we've always felt... Um, that was India, and so for many years we sent teams and we've supported uh, people in India. And, and so what I want to do is just work through each of those three areas, Perth, the Kimberley, and India, give you a little bit of insight into some of the things that we've been doing, some of the things that we're hoping to do, and some of the things that we're looking at pausing for a little while and explain why that's the case. So if we go to the next slide, Joel, Um, This is just a couple of pictures I grabbed. This is some of the stuff we've been doing in Perth. We do the life space projects. Um, There was the work that we did a few weeks back with um, YWAM and walked around the streets and handed out gifts. And um, and that's just a few of the things that take place as we think about reaching out to our own community. Now, what I've done, if you just pop to the next slide, Joel, um, is let you know what our budget was and what we spent for each of these areas. I don't have notes, so I'm going to have to look at this. So the first thing I want to talk about is this context that we think is um, Perth Outreach, which we call the local giving grants. And if I say that, who thinks they know what that means when I say local giving grants? Yeah, not, not enough people. Okay, so we, we have tried to talk about this a lot. We put it in the newsletter and we put it in things. But the idea of the local giving grant is every life space, it's almost like reverse tithing. As a church, we give you $1,000 dollars to spend on anything you want through that year that has an outreach context. So if you feel that um, maybe there's someone that you work with or at the school that needs something, um, we don't hand out the cash, but the idea of going, hey, we could buy you a Woolworths voucher or a fuel voucher or just something that practically loves those people, you literally, there is a form. And all you have to do is fill it in. It gets sent to your life space leader. And they'll work out with you if they're comfortable. You spend that money. And you can spend up to $1,000. Now, I know some people feel weird about that because you're like, oh, I should use my money. And that's true as well. But as a church, this is part of how we want to give our money away. And you can see that last year we budgeted $12,000, but we only spent 6000 So to me, that, that's $6,000 that we could have otherwise put into the lives of people that were in need. And I want to make sure that we keep talking about this. And um, I, I would prefer that we have more requests than money we've got. Um, to say, you because know, it means we've got an eye on needs of people around us. And, and as a church, you know, one of the things that's happened, I didn't touch on this, but we've always believed that we want to give away half of what we receive as a church. So a lot of people in our church tithe and give and it's part of being a family, but we want to make sure we give that back into our community. Um, and if we're not giving away all the local giving grants, it means not all the money's getting given away. Now, because we're good stewards of that, we actually put that money into a term deposit and make sure that we're um, keeping that for things that might be in our future. But right now, that's, that term deposit is about $450,000 as a church. So keep in mind we've been going for 13 years and whenever we've not spent that money we've just put that away. Now that might mean we can do some significant things in our future, but don't be afraid of asking for the grants we want to give the money away. This is how we practically love people sometimes, is the first signal that they might see or feel of God in their life and it opens up conversation and things. So please, please, please ask for that money to be used. So now who knows what a local giving grant is? Right, okay. I think the, I'm pretty sure, and if it's not lucky, we'll make sure it is. There's always a link in the form. You can just ask for that if there's people in need in your world, and, and we can help with that. Okay. So we've got $9,000 for next year. It's only gone down because we make it relative to the number of life spaces. And if there's more life spaces, we'll go up, and I'll explain that in a moment. So, okay. Life space projects. This is money that um, once a year, as a life space, you go out and you, um, and you can do projects. We had a $4,000 budget, um, we spent nothing. Now, that's mainly because most live spaces go, we'll take care of it. But again, if that means we can level up what we do and use that money, it's there to be spent. So we've got that budgeted for next year, of course. A couple of little things I'll just touch on. Terry and Janice, we still support. Um, In years gone by, we were the naming rights sponsor for the Scarborough Carols. Um, And that's a lot of money for us. And we did that because their sponsor dropped out, and we felt as a board it was right to step in and do that. But they've now got a new naming rights sponsor, which is the, three Oce- uh, sorry, the Far East organisation that owns the hotel. And so we've been able to pull that back, which, to be honest, is probably good for us, because I think that money um, as a board we felt like could be used a bit better. And so part of that is thinking about next year. Um, who was here a couple of weeks ago when Ewan spoke? Yeah, a lot of people. how, how, how great. He was great, right? Um, and so Ewan runs an outreach program at Edith Cowan University, and we're um, going to be supporting him. And then what we're hoping to do is... Mel here. I don't know Mel. Yet. Oh, hello. You just walked here. That was good timing, wasn't it? <laughs> um, I don't know Mel. Hi, I'm Derek. <laughs> Mel's here. She's the chaplain at Churchlands High School. And um, if I was being really nasty, I'd say, hey, come up and give a testimony about... But I won't do that to you. Um, But what we're hoping is uh, next year as a church, we can get involved and help some of the initiatives that Mel's got running in the school. We've been here, I think, three years now. We've signed up for our fourth year, so the chance for us to get involved and help the Christian influence in the school that we meet in, I think, is going to be awesome. So we're looking forward to whatever that means, and money and people and resources, we're here to help. And, um, and so how much have we... Yeah, nothing yet. So we have to talk, and then we'll work out how much it is. But you've just heard me say there's at least $12,000 we're not putting in the carol, so who knows? We'll figure it out. Awesome. Okay, that's, that's what we're doing in Perth, in the Kimberley. Um, Many of you will know Heather. Heather's been our church probably for 10 years now, and she's from the US but felt called into Indigenous communities. And um, and so we've supported her. As a board, we've realised we want to go all in and really help her, so we've upped that a little bit, and we're going to keep upping that. And there's other needs that Heather's got that are coming through. Um, Next year and we've not been able to get to the Kimberley for probably four or five years because of COVID and other reasons, but we are going to do everything we can to have a strong, great mission trip to the Kimberley. We are not going to go to India, which I'll explain in a moment, so that will be our mission trip for next year. We're working out the time and how and when, but we want to send a team, we want to go up and just back Heather because what she is doing is incredible and the relations she's got with the Indigenous people, there are amazing. And it's part of... our. I guess our um, strategy is to, is to back people there to the day in, day out, reaching out to the local people. And so Heather is our uh, person that we want to go all in on and support. Um, and if you go to the next slide, um, you can see, yeah, so we've doubled what we we're supporting here, but we're going to keep upping that, actually. We don't think that's enough relative to what Heather does. Um, okay, and then India. So the main things we've been supporting in India are Robin and Joe on the left Um, and then Priya who runs the school and um, there's a a women's refuge that she runs, Priya we've been supporting them for probably over 10 years. Um, Now if we just go to the next slide we can see sort of what that looks like. So Robin and Joe, Benji and Neeraja and YWAM, they're the people that um, are part of the YWAM base that we've supported since they launched and they do lots of things with an orphanage and some churches and schools and we, we support that. Uh, And then Beauty for Ashes is the most recent project that we've supported with with Priya. Now, with India, um, normally we would do a mission trip every January and go and visit these people and do projects and raise money. And again, we've not been able to go for the last couple of years because of COVID. But as a board, um, we've just been praying a lot about this uh, because India is getting harder and harder to get to. And some of the people that we know that have gone recently is, is really hard. And so what that means, I'm not sure if anyone was on one of our last trips or two, but I got held up at immigration on my last two trips on the way out, questioned by guards, the plane being held up, which I'm fine with, but I don't particularly want to put people in our church through that experience, and certainly if that went to another level. So that's one part. The second part is, though, by us going... And showing up, what we do is we put these organisations on the radar of the authorities. So right now there is a strong push in India to change the constitution to make conversion away from Hinduism to any other religion illegal and it's already started happening in other states. And so people in these ministry groups that we support have had intimidating tactics and being threatened and things like that. And so if we show up because we want to have a mission experience, we're actually putting them in danger by doing that. So we've decided for the indefinite period, like we don't know when or how this looks, that we're not going to go to India on a mission trip. Now, we've committed for this financial year and I suspect for the next financial year to continue to support those groups so that we're not... Um, backing away from the funding that we 've provided, um, but all I want to say is that we are going to be praying over that 18 month period. is the Lord leading us to a different ends of the earth location we 're just wondering whether it 's time to move to somewhere that 's a bit more accessible i 'm not saying it is barely, but something like that that 's a bit more accessible for people, a bit more affordable, and still has and yeah oh, yeah, sorry about that <laughs> is luck, yes, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good choice, you like that one, yeah, or or uh, Fiji, or I don't know. Um, but, you know, we have no relationship there, but we know when India came about, these things just started getting motion. so we don't know where that is, if you feel like the Lord's leading you into something, let us know, um, we're not going to rush that, and look, we may end up still back in India, depending on what happens, but our sense from the people we know is it's going to get harder and harder to um, get involved there. And so we've just got to navigate that over the coming years. So that's our uh, Perth, Kimberley, uh, India. So in summary, next slide. What you can see for 2023, we spent roughly you know, just a bit over $30,000. Um, we're continuing to increase that in terms of our budget in 2024. Um, but you'll see that we are looking to reshape where that money goes. We're very heavy in the money that went to India. Um, and I think we've still got a little bit of work to get that balance right. Um, and, of course, when we meet with Mel, the Perth one's going to go up even more, so that, I'm not sure what that number will look like. But um, uh, And what happens is... Um, Because we're trying to give away half of what we get, roughly the church has in the vicinity of $180,000 a year that's given in tithing. Um, Obviously, the difference there is what ends up in this term deposit, give or take a little bit. So um, all of this, by the way, no one ever asks, but we're very transparent. If you would like to see the financials of the church, um, just let us know. We're happy to share this information with you. But we realized we don't do this very often. Um, And so, again, the board just asked once, maybe twice a year, could we just give these kind of updates so you see where the money goes and things like that. So um, I won't take questions because Kyla's got to preach, but if you've got (laughs) anything, come and grab me afterwards and I can try and explain. Okay, moving on. Second thing I wanted to talk to you about is some updates for next year. Um, And it's pretty exciting, I think. So the first one is, uh, Dan and Millie, how long have you guys been kids pastors for? Is it four years? End of this year will be four years. Um, These guys never wanted to be kids pastors, and yet they've done four years. And um, (laughs) they love kids church. No, they are people that have just had a yes God attitude and yes to serving in our church. So when there's been any need, they're yes people in the sense of we're all in is our family will do what it takes. And so um, running Kids Church was, was part of that, which is amazing. Now, just today, all I'd like to do is let you know what's coming. They officially are going to finish at the end of January. So they'll see us right through our Christmas holidays. And we'll do a proper thank you, I suspect, in our first service in February. And we're going to commission our new leaders. But today I wanted to let you know that plan so you know what's coming also so you know who the new people are, and if you feel like you might want to support them or get behind that, you can do that, but also because it's super exciting. Um, And so, as of February, let me put the next slide up, Nathan and Steph Rayner are going to be our new Kids Pastors. Now, pictures-wise, if you don't like the pictures, and for the next slide I put up, that's up to you and Facebook. I just grabbed what I could find, so... Um, we'll give you a chance for new pictures, um, but we're so excited, um, and and what we're going to move towards is um, the context of family pastors. So obviously, kids' pastors is... The relationship with the kids and that's really important but we just want to extend that a bit and think about the context of family and so Nathan and Steph are starting to talk about how do we equip our young parents and what do we need to do to make sure we support them through those early years and and so that role is going to increase and so as of whatever the first Sunday in February is, we'll commission these guys into that role. And we're super excited because we've been asking them for 10 years and it took 10 years before they got here. Poor Dan and Millie had to fill the gap for four years. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) No, but they've just (laughs) reached a a time in their life where that makes sense for the age of their kids and things. So we're super excited for for next year. Now, before we move on, the the next announcement I want to make is in regards to life space. And this is the, the last thing. And sorry for, I just thought, end of the year, let's give people a clue of where we're going into the new year. Life space is, for us, a really important part of how we meet as a church. And just touching on this for a couple of minutes, when we planted the church, it was just an idea. We realized we'd come from a bigger church um, that met every Sunday, and there are great things about that. We get to worship together, we got lots of resources we can use and things, but a lot of people didn't meet in small groups. In fact, the stat at the time—I don't know what it is now—but only twenty percent of people in a church met in a small group, and we feel that meant people were missing something. You'd often have those Sunday conversations: "Hey, how are you going? Yeah, I'm good. That's great. How's your week? Good." Like there wasn't a depth of relationship that could be there that only comes out of those more intimate gatherings. Um, we also knew a whole bunch of people that had gone into small groups like house churches. And that's great because you get to build these intimate relationships, um, but you don't really have the resources to have a big impact. And you actually miss this experience of us all coming together. And so we just had this idea of well, what people carve out time on Sundays. What if we just met one Sunday as a service and one Sunday in homes? And we used to say in the early days, there's no sacred cows. If this doesn't work, that's fine. We'll, we'll find a different way. Well, now we're 13 years on, it's probably a sacred cow. It's kind of, <laughs> it's not, but you know, it works, right? Because we get to look after one another and it's just, um, we, get, we feel like we get the best of all, all that context. And so it's a really important part of how how we meet. Um, we actually think it's, it follows the the patterns of the early church without being a New Testament church in the sense that we have to do what things were done like in biblical times it follows a pattern, which is we're gathering together, we're looking after and caring for one another, we're being equipped, and we're on mission. Um, and literally, in that early church, they used to meet in the bigger place, the temples, and they used to meet in homes. And we feel like we've, we've found a way to, to to make that suitable for our context so if you're not in a life space and you're in our church, we always like to say, hey, even if you can't make it all the time, just being connected is so important because that's the group of people that are going to look after you. That's the group of people that you're going to do life with. But also, it's not just about what you get, it's what you give. That's the group of people that you're going to be able to minister to and you're going to be able to look after and you're going to be able to foster and use the gifts that the Lord's given you. And so that's a really, um, if you're here for the first time, this is a good day to come in, I'm explaining our whole church to you. Um, And anyway, so we we think that's a really important part of how we meet. Now, we've, we've had a problem, and I take ownership of this problem, and that is that we haven't started a new life space in the last two years. Now, what that means is pretty much every life space we've got has got too big. The intention was always that it was just three or four families, you know, sort of max eight adults, because that's where everyone has a voice. You have a chance to know what's really going on. And suddenly, without starting new life spaces, some of our life spaces, I think, have like maybe six, I think maybe ten families in one. Like they've, they've got big. And then the problem when they get big is that we just kind of can only just cope with this, that group of people. And then suddenly, rather than being inclusive and saying, hey, we want to have lots of people join us and we are thinking about people that aren't in our group and on a Sunday we're looking for new people, we don't have capacity for that and we stop. And the thing that's grieved me about that, and keep in mind I'm taking ownership for this, is that when we read that same passage in Acts, Peter preaches and at the end of that preach, 3,000 people gave their life to the Lord. And then it goes on and it talks about how they met in homes and it says, numbers were added daily. And I'm like, we're not set up to have numbers added daily right now. We've got our structure wrong. We've got to get back into a growth mindset. We've got to let go of this small thing that we've created for the sake of other lives to be touched. If we're going to start spending more money on our missions, we've got to have an expectation that more people are going to come to the Lord. And if that's going to happen, they've got to come and find a place and that place has to be life space. And if we're thinking too much about this group that we've got rather than looking up about the new people that are around, we don't grow and we haven't grown. And yet we can sense that the Lord is starting to shift the season. In the last month, two C3 churches have closed. One in Crawley, one in Quinns. And I think there's some people here today. And there's reasons for that. And maybe it was right. I don't know. You know, God works in seasons, maybe there's a start, maybe there's meant to be a finish, that's okay but at the same time it's not okay, the church is in decline, we are cowering back and I feel like we're in this healthy place where we've got to get back on the front foot. Our world is in the most desperate need it's ever been, there are crazy things going on that we know and the only answer is Jesus. And if people find Jesus as the answer, then they're going to connect other people that are following Jesus, which means we've got to have space to grow. And so obviously um, with Nathan and Steph coming in as kids pastors, that means they've stepped down as leading their life space. And one of the things we do as a church is when these things happen is we pray and we think and we strategize as to what we should do. Should we let that group keep running and should we have other leaders raised up or come in? Or do we close the group and that's a good chance for those people to go elsewhere? There's, there's these two or three ways that we do it. And so this time round, we have felt as a leadership team, it was best that that group finishes. Now we know that's really hard. Right? And I want our whole church to be aware of the people that were in Nathan and Steph's life space. You've got a group that has built incredible intimacy over a long period of time. And life space is this weird thing because you have to build intimacy to get it right and then if you're successful, it grows. And then we say, right, now we're going to multiply and carve all that up. And it hurts, and it's kind of meant to hurt. But without giving a sermon, there's, there's examples of this right throughout Scripture. You know, and I think from death comes life. And that's what we're believing for that group. But I want us as a church to rally around those guys and make sure, I'm not sure how many people, I can't quite see everyone, but, you know, that we help them figure out what comes next. And so Nathan and Steph's group's going to finish. But here's the exciting thing. Harry and Nina have been on the front foot the last six months talking to people, praying. And as it stands, we've got four new life spaces starting in February, which is really exciting. Not only that, I know there's at least two other families that are considering it that hopefully maybe six months thereafter might be in a spot where they could lead as well. So I just wanted to let you know who they are. So if you're not in a life space, you could be praying about should I join? Even if you're in a life space, when you start, it's hard. And these people need people to come alongside them. So if you are in a life space and you're feeling like, hey, I want to go and plant that new life space and be part of that, it's a new thing, I want to back that person, then it's okay in February for you to move and be a part of that. So our new life space leaders, uh, let's show you. Now, again, Facebook photos, right? So don't (laughs) complain. So Sarah Spooner is going to be starting a life space. It's exciting. (laughs) Um, we've got Dave and Nina and the Schinkfelds. Um, now, James and Ange, I could not find a picture with the two of you with Brianna. So it's... Anyway, so James and Ange, we can clap. And I don't think they're here today, but Byron and Bethany, who used to be Life Space Leaders, actually, I suppose Sarah, are coming back. Oh, they are at the back. Hello. Yeah. Now, the one thing I just want to finish with is keep in mind all these people have left life spaces. So every single life space now has lost someone. Literally, I think every life space has lost someone. So we're all in this spot of going, we've built intimacy and now we're going to grow. And it's okay. And if I'd been doing my job right, we would have been doing this all the time over the last two years. And because we haven't, we've just got a little bit comfortable. This idea of intimacy plus growth is a tension we've got to get used to. And if our church is growing, it's going to happen over and over and over again. So we're all going to have to rally around that journey as we get into the new year. I'm going to finish there. Let's put our hands together for Kylie, who is going to preach.